1: They're like, if casual and cool, had a baby. Well, it's clear why you're an ABC enthusiast. Pleasure having you and your pants on the show. Thanks for having us. Find the shockingly comfortable ABC pants at lululemon.com.
0: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder,
1: And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like parents, rebuilding friendships, listening to people when they tell us things and whether or not exes have a place in our current relationships. Mm. But before we start, we just want to give you our general, our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we don't know what we're talking about.
0: We absolutely don't know what we're talking about.
1: We are making it all up as we go along.
0: As is everyone, That's really. right. And I have a wicked cold right now, so it makes me sound even more, <laughs> like, illegitimate as a, you know, role model or something like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You're very not nasally. That a, not
0: that a compromised immune system means that you're not intelligent, but... <laughs> just like weekend you know like this this episode brought to you by Dayquil and right. a lot of coffee that could be your blind date oh Dayquil. <laughs> <laughs> anyway this is all to say um please take our advice as you see fit we're just here to offer some um humble musings and hopefully some laughs to help you with the incredibly rewarding and mostly confusing thing that is love Hi, Sam. Hi. Welcome to episode 13. Oh, no. I know. Are you superstitious?
1: No, I'm not. But I do believe in astrology. So
0: So inherently, (laughs) you're like, you see a Scorpio and you're like, nope, black cat, mirror's broken.
1: Uh, No, it's (laughs) great. Just kidding, all
0: those Scorpios out there.
1: Yeah, no, Scorpios are great. Uh, No, but it's stupid because I'm like. superstitious like that's dumb but i'm still like but the the alignment of the stars tells (laughs) us everything we need to know about ourselves (laughs) yeah yeah yeah
0: you're not afraid of like stepping on a crack but you are like oh my god mercury bitch
1: yeah retrograde right well as a gemini mercury is very important to us why
0: tell me explain
1: mercury is our guiding planet
0: (laughs) i don't know what the fuck you're talking about
1: (laughs) it's one of those things where you like start Like reading about it and talking about it like as a joke, but then it slowly becomes like not a joke anymore.
0: (laughs) Yeah, totally. I felt that way about, I don't know, like homework, (laughs) like a syllabus. (laughs) I'd be like, this is funny. Oh shit. This is actually due.
1: (laughs) Right. Also just like shout out to all the college students out there who are like going through their first week of school where they give you the syllabus and you're like, oh shit.
0: Yeah. And you see like the path to your death (laughs) paved out one week at a time. (laughs) All leading up to like finals week, right? I exactly. Actually...
1: You'll get through it, y'all. You'll get through it, <laughs> and if you don't, that's okay too.
0: I miss college. Actually, I, I miss I miss the structure of a syllabus to tell me what the <laughs> fuck to do with my life.
1: Right. I like having very clear objectives of like this is what you need to get accomplished, and like a very clear like you passed or you failed.
0: Right. Um. So, uh, guess what? You got married.
1: I did. <laughs> <laughs> There. You were there, and you at you did read a poem that you actually wrote, which was fantastic.
0: <laughs> it was fa- the poem was fantastic, or it was fantastic that I actually got it fucking done. A, a on little of both, yeah, yeah. You were a little nervous. I could hear it in your voice every day. Sam would t- be like, "So, how's that poem going, huh?" And truth be told, I. I was working on it the day before the wedding. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Even the morning of, I like took some words out. But I think it went really well. I think so, too. Do you want to give the listeners some highlights of your wedding? Like some favorite parts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the ceremony was fantastic. Shout out to my friend Erin, who was our officiant. She was so good. Who just, you know, we had had conversations with her previously and talked. She was like, what do you want from the wedding? Like, what are you feeling? Like, what's important to you about being together and marriage? And she just like took everything that we said and put it into this beautiful eloquent ceremony that was just so awesome and like your poem fit right in and was so good people were like weeping
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're talking about me (laughs) i i actually helped y'all i held it together at the ceremony until the very last line and then um one tender moment from the wedding that I'm never gonna forget is like looking into Sam's eyes, looking into your eyes after the poem was done, and Sam just gave me like the most genuine, sincere like look of love, and then we had like the most intense hug of our entire friendship. You know, uh, it was really perfect. The whole thing was perfect. Yeah. Um, I think one of the highlights of my day, um, other mm. than everything. Was our producer, um, Big Cats, texting me in all caps? Drink more water <laughs> at one point in the day <laughs> to remind me to like keep my shit together. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: no, that's <laughs> because good. Because we
0: went over to Sam's house at ten in the morning for breakfast and mimosas and like an easygoing getting ready yep. day. And the wedding wasn't until five pm that night, so he was just looking out for
1: me. No, really. that's good. Yeah, yeah, but
0: everything was perfect, and it was awesome. Sam and Peter's. Vows were so friggin' adorable and genuine and beautiful. Thank you. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was, it was weird to have so many people come up to me afterwards and be like, "That was like just the most charming and beautiful and authentic service that yeah. I've ever seen."
0: But it was since. But that's sincere. And yeah. for our listeners at home, like Sam's not just like peacocking himself. No, <laughs> um, it was. It was so genuine. Like they're. Um, I'll tell them about the mantle, like. Sam got married in this. How would you describe the building?
1: It's like an old lodge, maybe? Yeah,
0: I don't know. It was like a high ceiling. Now it's it's a part of a golf course. Yeah. But it was like this beautiful old building with high ceilings. And they got married in front of the building's fireplace. Mm-hmm. And on the mantle, um, Sam and Peter um, just placed um, pictures and things from their home. Like... Um, posters of art from their house and a painting of their cat (laughs) and it wasn't they weren't like particularly photogenic things like it wasn't it wasn't you didn't choose them because they looked beautiful they chose you chose them because they were of your life right and so their you know their altar was an altar to their life that they had built together which gives me tears (laughs) like give me chills right now as i say it um me and um the other errand from your life, um, another uh wedding party person, we walked into the room and we saw like the mantle put together and we instantly were like, Nope, can't <laughs> look at that. Too <laughs> early to cry, you know. Uh yeah, it was just so genuine and 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 so fun. It was a fun ceremony, you yeah. know.
1: Yeah. And it was just I mean, the food was great. It was so much fun. The dancing. Yeah. Like having a photo us- booth was fantastic and everyone took hilarious I know.
0: <laughs> do you want to tell us um uh about the the last song of the night as the last <laughs> little tidbit for our listeners
1: yeah uh the the final song that we played was all i want for christmas is you by mariah carey
0: a classic any time of the year
1: absolutely any time of the year it doesn't have to be christmas christmas no. is all year round when mariah carey is around <laughs> yeah, in your heart
0: <laughs> and- um
1: and it was just so much fun to be yeah, with all and of our friends, like, scream singing <laughs> at the top of our lungs.
0: <laughs> and there was, like, photo booth props, and Sam managed to be given a Santa hat.
1: Yeah, someone put it on my head, like, <laughs> as I was dancing, which was just fantastic. Yeah. Like, people were taking care of me, which yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, it was so good.
0: I think uh, the last thing I'll say is my favorite part is, like, anytime I wasn't with Sam and I, like, looked at him, you just looked like you were having so much fun.
1: I was, it was and great. And that's,
0: I guess that's all you want from a wedding, right? Yeah. It's, like, to have a great time. Yep. Um. Anyway, so uh, maybe I'll post some pictures once the official wedding photos come out. Yeah, we should. Um, but uh, thank you for everybody who submitted to Sam's surprise episode. How do you feel about that? <laughs> <laughs> you not mad at me? <laughs> uh,
1: no, I'm absolutely not mad at you. It was very, very sweet, and I want to thank everyone that that submitted recordings because it was just crazy to us as we were driving to get ready to yeah. listen to all of our friends call in and all of our families as well. But like just all of the love from around the world was just incredible. So shout out to all of you. Thank you so much.
0: And to paint the picture, y'all, it was perfect. Um, They, Sam and Peter played the episode as they were like um, driving to get coffee um, and breakfast and to get ready to come over to get ready for their wedding. So it was just the perfect thing that they shared together one-on-one exactly as I wanted it to be. And you guys all contributed to that. So thanks for submitting.
1: Great. So our first letter is from Jenny Gillies.
0: Say <laughs> <laughs> with confidence, man.
1: <clears throat> our first letter is from Jenny <laughs> Gillies. She writes from
0: What if it was Giles? Or Giles?
1: No, cuz there's it's G I L L I E S. Gillies. Gilles. Gillies. Gillies?
0: I don't know. What's her first name again? Jenny. Jenny.
1: Jenny, let us know how to pronounce this. <laughs> Um, she's writing from Ontario, Canada. She writes, "Hey friends, this is a roundabout relationship question. I'm 24. I've never been in a real relationship, but I've had a number of one-night stands with guys that suit me just fine." Add <laughs> a <Atta> girl. <laughs> I tend to shy away from real relationships for a number of reasons, none of them none of these reasons require pity. I have mild cerebral palsy that most people don't even notice unless I tell them or we get physical in a way which makes me feel like a burden. Mm. I'm also but just very passionate and emotional and loud and fun, and to some people that's too much. Neither of my parents growing up acknowledged that I had a disability or even limitations, and now that I'm an adult, they don't really care about my experiences as an adult with a mild disability, or the things I'm doing, or the kind of woman I'm becoming. Mm. So, after all that, my question for you two is, how do I approach romantic relationships in the future, Knowing that the two people who brought me into this world and are supposed to love me unconditional don't love all of me.
0: Mm. Because
1: I feel like if my parents refuse to acknowledge the parts of me that make me who I am, then why should I expect some guy I just met to care about me at all? I suppose I just lack faith in where people feel their obligations to care about other people lie, and I'd like to be better at trusting that I deserve to be loved for the person I am. PSU to two are friendship goals, and I love you both. Aww. Thanks so much, Jenny.
0: Jenny, we love you. We do. Um, yeah, I just want to dive into this one because I, I find parents' love to be a really um, evoking and difficult topic, but one that I'm, like, really drawn to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh,
0: because I think whether we want to or not, we learn how to love a lot from our parents mm-hmm. or, or how from the lack of love from our parents. We learn about love. Yep. Um, and I want to say first, Jenny... Uh, Something my dad always said to me is that he hoped that his children, me and my sisters have it better than he does, or Mm. he did that. That Mm -hmm. was his only hope as a parent that he knew that he was going to make a bunch of mistakes, but that at the end of the day, he just wanted us to be more well-rounded, more adjusted or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's not to say that's what your parents were thinking, Jenny, but more to say other people's ability to love you have nothing to do with your parents' inability. Mm. That they were or are just doing the best that they can. And yep. it's okay that their best is not good. Mm-hmm. That's, it's not nurturing. It's not um, supportive. And as you write in your letter, it's not acknowledging all of you. Yep. But that inadequacy has nothing to do with other people's inability to love you or your ability to accept love.
1: Absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that our parents are humans that come with their own failings and come with their own flaws. Yeah. Um, and we often make them out to be these sort of uh, very important people and the, that have to love us, that have to demonstrate that love and have to. And if there's anything that we are uh, not loved for, that's because we are imperfect. But in fact, our parents are are imperfect. I right. mean, I love my parents to death there are there have been issues in our relationship as well and that that doesn't mean that i'm damaged or that they're damaged it just means that we are people with failings trying to enter into relationship with each other
0: oh dang that's so on on point
1: right and that's it's the same way with friendships it's the same way with romantic relationships right like there there's nothing like inherent about the bond between parents and children that mean that it has to be perfect every single time. Yeah. Right. It's just as challenging as relationships between other types of people.
0: Totally. Will you speak a little bit more about the idea that we feel like that love is necessary? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but you were talking about how like, oh, uh, yeah, that we think parental love is inherent. Yeah. Um, And then I think why I'm so drawn to talking about parental love is because Uh, When it isn't healthy or when it's insufficient or when it's hurtful, we spend a lot of our lives as children into adulthood, into late adulthood, Mm. like truly seeking that love Mm. and that journey for parental approval or parental nurturing. Um, Not saying that that's what you're doing, Jenny, but like I've seen a lot of people, including myself, really seek that parental love and approval and nurturing in ways that are harmful to me right. or har- harmful to us right. uh because it's it's not always there to be found
1: absolutely and that I don't mean to undermine parental love cuz I do think that it is super important yeah, I think su- relationships yeah. with parents is are absolutely important um but it is i think that because there's so much weight put on parental love it it definitely makes us feel inadequate when it's not there yeah. in yeah, a yeah, way yeah. that isn't always true with friendships or with romantic partners because there's just so much weight that gets put totally. into. Totally, we're taught
0: from, I mean, very from literally birth, yeah, that are we are meant to have a nurturing relationship with our mothers. Mm. We're meant to have a guiding relationship from our fathers, yep. and that they're both supposed to be present. Well, yep. one, we're also taught that they're supposed to be um, heteronormative. <laughs> Um, that there's supposed to be two of them. Yep. Um, that they're supposed to be around, and they're supposed to be loving and um, informative and full of wisdom. When in reality, like sometimes our parents are more broken than we are. Mm-hmm. Out the gates, out the freaking gates, they're more broken um, because of whatever they've had to experience in their lives or or not experience. Absolutely. Um, and uh, it's it's a hard lesson to learn that mm-hmm. to to break up with the expectation of what your parents should be for yep. you.
1: Yes, but often breaking up from that expectation is what make is what brings you closer to your parents. I right? totally agree. Because when you are like, they're supposed to love me, they're supposed to be perfect, then you can distance yourself from them because you're like, Well, they're not doing it and so therefore they're bad parents and or I'm a bad child and so like we shouldn't have this relationship. But when you're like, Oh no, they're actually just people right. who are trying their best right. and failing sometimes, but right. for the most part doing really well. Um,
0: or their best is shitty. Oh,
1: for sure. But then it makes it easier to see them as human and to forgive right. them and to be able to be in relationship in with them in a way that works for you. Right.
0: Or to, to, or to close the door and be like, you are bringing too, too much hurt into my life. Yep. You are not loving me adequately. Absolutely. And therefore I'm not going to keep you in my life just because we have this parental tie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. I'm all about breaking up with parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not really, but. I just think that we do put a special onus on family, um, or exes, or or you know people that we're supposed to love for sure, and we keep them in our lives absolutely uh, under under circumstances that we wouldn't for anybody else, mm-hmm. you know. So, J- Jenny, we just kind of like you know waxed on about <laughs> parents and their inability or ability to love us. I do want to say it does sound like your parents. Um, failed you in that moment when they brought you up without acknowledging your disability because you're right. It's not acknowledging what makes you different and special. Mm -hmm. Um, It's trying to homogenize you. It's trying to make you feel quote unquote normal Mm -hmm. when like normal doesn't exist. Right. Um, I think about like, I don't know how old you are, but
1: she's 24.
0: Okay. I don't have the letter in front of me. I'm sorry. (laughs) But I think about when your parents we're raising you. Um, I think it was in an era of, or like we're coming out of an era right now of homogenization mm-hmm. of like, I don't see color, you know, if we treat everybody the same, that will be okay. Yep. But the reality is that's not true. It's, it's, it's. There's not an even playing field because we live in an ableist society. Yep. We live in a white supremacy that is also a patriarchy. Yep. And so if you pretend that everyone is the same, you're not acknowledging the certain born disadvantages that certain people have um, or you are making you're you're painting the whole society with one stroke of color instead of recognizing that 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 doesn't serve everyone right so i think um and i'm not forgiving your parents or giving them too much grace here but they did come up in a they did raise you in a time of well equal opportunity treat everybody the same and they will grow up the same sort of thing yep Um, And I think that's a failing on their part because, as you've said, it didn't necessarily prepare you Mm -hmm. to, um, you know, move throughout this world comfortable with your disability.
1: Absolutely. And I want to give you a shout out for... For uh, talking about your cerebral palsy, palsy in such a affirming way yeah. as well, and like I it's... loved
0: hearing you say like I'm funny, I'm loud, yeah. I'm awesome, <laughs> and I was like, yes, bitch, you are.
1: Um, and I love that you you're like this is a part of me, and I I love it, and I move through the world with this with me, and I and I want to find someone that will love me for this because yes. I love this part of me. Totally. And that is exactly, absolutely the right way to be walking through the world. And I think it's just fantastic that despite the fact that your parents haven't talked about your disability and and sort of swept it under the rug, that you at twenty four have like come into this and said, like, I know who I am and I know this is a part of me and yeah. I love myself for it.
0: Yeah. So why don't we why don't we speak directly to that question of like, how do I move past that that um failing by my parents? Mm-hmm. And how do I move forward with the understanding that I I haven't been loved fully yet? Yep. So what would you say?
1: I mean, I think it's important to remember that the love that your parents gave is their love. And it doesn't mean that it is the love that you deserve. It Amen. just means that it is the a love that they were. <laughs> they were it was the love that they were able to give you. Yes. And so there you are going to find someone out there who is able to give you love that is more fulfilling to you.
0: And the first fucking person you're gonna find is yourself.
1: Ooh <laughs> <That's,
0: What? laughs> That sounds super cliche, but I, you know, with my own parental relationships, mm-hmm. I kept looking for a certain type of nurturing from my mm-hmm. mother. Yeah. And then I had to realize she was not that type of person. She was never going to give me that love. And yep. it came a moment that I realized everything I was looking for in a, my mother, I needed to find in myself
1: first. Mm-hmm. Yep, absolutely. And it sounds like you're, yeah, you're on that path, which yeah, is totally. fantastic. Um, but also, you know, just know that that you are deserving of a love that recognizes and loves all of you. Yeah,
0: and your body is never a burden.
1: Oh, absolutely not. Your
0: love and your your loudness and your badass. It, badassery and even your cerebral palsy is not a burden it is just something that you exist with Mm -hmm. right yep um the way that i exist with anxiety Mm -hmm. and the way that um we all move through the world with different circumstances and if somebody ever makes you feel like that's a burden then they don't have the capacity to love you with like a whole and able heart like that's their that's their burden to bear is that they're inadequate (laughs) well it's just true
1: (laughs) i like how we can't talk about any letter without like coming for at least one person
0: (laughs) i think that's really on brand (laughs) so then like how do you break up with um what your parents have taught you about love Mm -hmm. you recognize that you are a whole person and um i'm not saying never speak to your parents again however to anyone out there who maybe has like a contemptuous relationship with their parents or the way they raise them your life exists without your parents Mm -hmm. it you are a whole person who works and breathes and moves through the universe independent of the people who brought you into the world Mm -hmm. and in that way you can recognize that you are on one journey and they are on another and they they may only inter, you know, yep. cross paths once or twice. Or maybe you walk next to them for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. But in reality, like you have the ability to say, Hey, mom and dad, thanks for teaching me what you taught me. I'm ready to learn on my own now.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: And in terms of love, I think it's just about Open yourself up to it, I think. And uh, that sounds cliche as fuck, but <laughs> it's about not letting um, your parental love define you in any way. Yep. And so moving forward, Jenny, you're you're free to love and give and move throughout the world in whatever way you want.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you, maybe you don't need to break up with your parents, but maybe you need to break up with your expectations of what your parents love should have looked like mm. um, so that you can figure out so that you can. Extend some grace and maybe open your heart to them, which will make it easier for you to open your heart to, to other people as well. Yeah.
0: Uh, maybe the last thing I'll say is like, um, you could say that to your parents if you want. You could say like, hey, I'm not going to hold this against you because it's in the past and we can't change the past. But this is who I am. Mm-hmm. This is how I move through the world. And when I was younger, you didn't give me any tools to deal with it in a yeah. better way. Or, like, to—you to, to you didn't strengthen me to deal with this when I was younger, so mm-hmm. I've had to learn how to do it myself.
1: Absolutely. And I have had a very similar conversation with my parents in— because my sister lives up here, and she has two kids, and so my parents would come and visit us when they lived down in Wisconsin. Um, and they would all—the expectation was always that I would go and drive out to my sister's house when they were there. Yeah. Um, and I had to, like—this was the first time that I ever had, like, a serious, like— relationship conversation with my parents, which was that I had to be like, when you come up and you only go to my sister's house, it makes me feel like you don't value my life that I totally, have created for built. myself, right? In Minneapolis. Um, and it was really scary to have that conversation with them because I was like, I'm not allowed to have this conversation with them. I should just be grateful for all of the things that they've given me and all of the love that they give me. Yeah. Um, but from that, like they understood and it was like it opened up a different level of communication between us where I can actually talk to them as an adult and say like as
0: a real whole person and not just an idea of a son
1: right so maybe maybe give that a try see how it works have that first uncomfortable adult conversation with the with your parents where you have to say you're you are not you are not giving me what I need right now and I need you to step up in a different way
0: totally I love that awesome Jenny well I hope that gives you some insight about how to move forward. We love you. We're rooting for you. Absolutely. And it's okay to critique your parents. (laughs) Absolutely. And
1: keep being your too loud badass self. Yeah, we love that. Rocket Money has over five million users and has helped save its members an average of seven hundred and twenty dollars a year, with over five hundred million dollars in canceled unwanted subscriptions.
0: And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you.
1: <laughs> Stop wasting <laughs> yeah. money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah, <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service <laughs> representatives. You know what I mean? Like, just like. Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do.
0: Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Up next, we have a letter from Sarah who is writing from Pelican Town.
1: Oh, is that, is that a, a real place? Is it? No. <laughs> Spencer says no. <laughs> Is't Falacon town like a town in Pokemon? I think it might be.
0: I don't know <laughs> um i've never i've never I've never played Pokemon. Does that make me not cool?
1: No, I think it makes you probably cooler than me for having played Pokemon.
0: <laughs> um, all right. Hi, Sam and Sierra. First off, I want to say how incredibly important I think this podcast is. It is.
1: No, it's from Stardew Valley.
0: <laughs> you couldn't contain that.
1: <laughs> no, it's from Stardew Valley, which is a Nintendo Switch game, which I also play.
0: Do we want to start this over? No. <laughs> Are we going to keep it rolling? Yeah, no.
1: I'm going to keep. I'm going to own my nerdiness, Sierra.
0: Okay. <laughs> Love well, me for, for all the of listeners me. Listeners at home. Our producer Spencer just looked up Pelican Town, showed it to Sam while I was speaking, like a rude, rude man. And then and then Sam interrupted me
1: uh okay i'm sorry no it's okay i think this is gonna be
0: the first time that we keep a sincere blooper in the episode do you know what i mean
1: yeah uh okay sorry Um,
0: most of our episodes are recorded in like one whole take but sometimes like if we get lost or if we say something we'll like edit it out um but this is the first time that we get to leave it in oh i can't wait all right i'm gonna start over
1: great thank you please do you have my full (laughs) undivided attention i doubt it (laughs)
0: All right, hi Sam and Sierra. First, I just want to say how incredibly important this podcast is and how helpful it is for it has been for me so far. My fir- my question is, how do I reach out and apologize to people I treated badly as a result of my abusive relationship years ago? Mm. In high school, I dated a boy that was one year older than me. Things started out great. And then, like most abusive relationships, went downhill over time. By my senior year of high school and graduation, I was completely brainwashed by this man. I was his puppet. He controlled who I was, uh, who I could hang out with, where and when I could go what I wore, etc. I grew up in a relatively dysfunctional family environment and my parents were on the cusp of a long coming divorce. So they either didn't know or didn't care what was happening to me in this relationship. Anyway, come graduation, my abuser had warped my headspace so much that the people I used to call my friends were now, according to him, my enemies. See, they had found out how badly he was emotionally abusing me and confronted him about his behavior and urged me to break up with him. And I wanted to, but he wouldn't let me. My friends were going off to different colleges and I was supposed to go off to a different part of the state for college, but due to my home life and this awful now codependent relationship, ended up staying in my hometown to go to a local community college. I ended up ghosting my friends and uh, after being pretty rude to them in our last few days of high school. I think a lot of people are going to relate to this, Sarah. Absolutely. That relationship lasted for two more years and then led to even worse emotional and mental abuse loss of friends, et cetera. Fast forward to now. It has been three years since I left my abuser with the help of a coworker turned best friend and my now partner. And I have done a lot of really hard work to deal with the trauma of my abuse. I've reached out to several people. I hurt as a result of my abuse and offered my abuse as an explanation rather than an excuse for my actions, mm. because I feel like they deserve the apology, but also to know that it wasn't their fault. But there are two people in particular that I carry a huge amount of shame for ghosting and letting down Perhaps because they had it worse than others. I was closer to them and I think ended up hurting them more when I couldn't be the friend they needed during that time. Mm. I worry that they won't be open to an apology and I might make it worse by trying to apologize so many years after the fact. But I want to be able to put this shame down and I want to be able to move on if it's still something there. I want them to be able to move on if it's still something they're also carrying around with them. Mm. Should I reach out and apologize or leave it alone? Oh Sarah, I like got a little emotional reading this letter because I relate to it so personally. Um and I think a lot of our listeners will too. Absolutely. Um I want before we get into our advice, I just want to share a little bit of my story. Mm-hmm. Um when I was when I first went to college, uh so 18, 19, um I was behaving really poorly there and I also meaning like I was being uh hurtful of people's feelings towards me um i took advantage of people's feelings towards me Mm -hmm. um i think i like cheated on my partner and i um then couldn't handle the fallout of my breakup and my infidelity and um just some crazy drama that was going on at my all women's college (laughs) (laughs) but um and then i left i left um and i left without with no more than a couple of goodbyes and mm-hmm. I left a lot of friendships that I had developed over two years and I carried so much shame. Um, I carried so much shame about abandoning that. And I just, because of those actions, I painted myself as a bad person, mm-hmm. especially because at the same time I was like really dealing with some mental health issues and undiagnosed um, di- like extreme depression yep. and unhealthy coping mechanisms. So it just, that whole time of my life, I I just would wince when I looked back on, you mm-hmm. know, yep. and just wanted yep. to bury it and did bury it behind other relationships and drugs and alcohol and um, moving on. And, and like, just, I just buried it. But I carried that shame around for so long. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to my late 20s, I had the opportunity to see a couple people from my past. Mm-hmm. And um, Sarah, I didn't necessarily have the courage that you have right now or the introspection so close, like so many, so few years later. Yep. I think I buried it and just assumed that they would never want to speak to me again. Yep. But because of my poetry career and touring, I had the opportunity to see a couple of them in the future uh, or down the line. And I eventually did reach out to them to see if they wanted to come. Um, I won't get into all of that, but I will say, Sarah, that my friends were so willing to forgive me. Mm. They were so willing. And I need you to know that people are really willing to be good people.
1: Absolutely. More
0: than we ever anticipate of them. And more importantly, if they hold on to that pain, then at one point or another, there's nothing you can do about it. Yep. And that means that they are going to, they're making an identity out of that pain yep. or that they don't feel safe enough to have you back in their lives. And at, that point you, you can't do anything about it absolutely but in my experience sarah it was like so i'm getting emotional <laughs> <laughs> because i think like shame is like such a fucking terrible thing <laughs> yeah and that it's just like wears on you so um i'm definitely getting like a little teary right now but just thinking like they were so willing to forgive me yeah they were so graceful and compassionate with their love that like I put down years of shame in a matter of minutes. Wow. You know, like cover- like that that one conversation relieved so much shit that I'd been carrying around for years wow. with a handful of people. And if any of them are listening, they knew who they are, and I love them very much. And I'm so grateful for that, that growth years later. Um, but I just want to share that because, one, that shame will fucking drown you if you let it. And, two, that people... Want to show up for you, Sarah. It's about you making yourself available to them. Yep. And it sounds like you've already made yourself really vulnerable by apologizing to some people. Um, but it's time. It's, it's, there's never, I, I know that I save hard conversations for when I feel like I can have them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I <laughs> think we all do that. Yep.
0: Never. <laughs> And I know you want it to be right, and I know you want to say everything correctly, and I know you want to send that email or make that phone call at the right time. But the right time is now, and Mm -hmm. you'll never be more prepared than you are right now in this moment to tell these people your truth, which is you were hurting and you were being abused, and that made you unable to be your whole loving self that you are today. And that you're sorry, and that you're not expecting them to change their mind or forgive you or anything, but you just want to tell them that because it's how you authentically feel. Absolutely. And you want maybe to give them the opportunity to know you now as your more whole authentic healing self. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I don't even know what to add.
0: (laughs) Maybe that's all we need to say. Right.
1: I will just say one thing, um, you know, it sounds like the reason that the alienation happened was because they noticed the bad behavior of your of your boyfriend. Um, and so it seems to me like they probably aren't holding out anger towards you. I think that they are holding out anger towards your boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and like, I think that. You know, when people when I have had friends that were in really shitty relationships. Um, having being able or t- having them come back into my life. Has been one of the most meaningful things in the world. Right. Having that person come back and say, like, you're right, he was awful. And I'm so sorry that I treated that you that way is like It's a gift. It's I get emotional just thinking about it. Right. That them coming back like wipes away the bullshit because I'm I was I have been just so happy to have them back in my life and to have them safe and stable and 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 totally. all of that. And um and so I think that your friends here, um, will probably feel something similar. I think they will just be happy to see you doing so well right. because that's why they were mad in the first place is because they knew that you were, you were in a space where you couldn't get out of the destruction that was happening. And so being able to see you out of that, I think is going to be really meaningful for them. And if they don't, that's okay too. Like they that kn- is okay. You can just, you can put that out into the world um and if they don't want it that's okay because the important thing here is that you have forgiven yourself right for what you have done right um and that is what what that is what this apologizing is about is about you letting people know that you are happy healthy and whole and that you recognize what you have done but that in your heart you know that you have forgiven yourself and you're you're the only one that needs to do that
0: totally totally i feel really moved by all of this <laughs> i could cry again at like the drop of yeah, this is
1: honestly heart. like like bringing up all sorts of totally. things between like me and Sir Sierra and our like relationships and yeah. our and our friendship that has withstood totally awful people who have done awful things to us and made us do awful things to each other
0: yeah, totally and I don't think we've ever like really hurt each other you and I in, yeah. to this extent but i do want to say sarah like even even sam and i have strayed from each other mm-hmm. you know and or i think in my part like i've i've withheld a lot from sam before yep. when i knew he would hold me to a higher standard than i could deliver in that moment yep. and that's not me being honest or kind to sam right. you know um
1: and i mean same thing yeah <laughs> i also hid a lot of stuff from you in when i was in bad relationships too right. so it's a thing that that happens, but yeah,
0: and um, yeah. I hope you hear how genuinely moved we are by your story, and how proud we are of you for, a, 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 like a couple of things. I want to point out. I love that you say you want to offer them an explanation, not an not an excuse, because yep. you're totally right. Um, I love that you're ready for to to offer them this apology, but that they don't owe you anything back in return. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, I, I mostly just see you doing the work. I yep. see you. Recognizing that in that moment you didn't know any other way to be loved or to love, yep. Um, and that this person conditioned you to love on a foundation that was fear and isolation. Yeah. And uh, I see you unpacking that foundation, and we just believe in you, and and we think it's time for you to send those letters or Absolutely. to make those calls. Yep. Um. Yeah. We love you, Sarah, really a lot, and and <laughs> thanks for bringing up all this shit. <laughs> thanks for bringing up all this emotional garbage. <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> uh, great. Okay. Our next letter is from B. Do I get to interrupt it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, now you're just being rude. (laughs) Our next letter is from B. Smith from Pennsylvania. B B. writes, Hi, guys. So I matched with this guy when I was on vacation and we started talking, but he said he didn't want a long distance relationship and I agreed. So he came to visit me and it was great. We have so much in common and I love spending time with him. He says he will, or he still says he doesn't want a long distance relationship, but I'm developing feelings for him. I recently went and spent four days visiting him, and now I'm more confused than ever. He says he can't do long distance, but sends some mixed signals that make me think maybe he's considering it. I feel like a crazy person for having feelings so soon, but our personalities and sense of humor are so similar, and we have great chemistry. So I guess my question is should I just chill out and let it play out? Or do I deserve to know what's happening every step of the way? Help
0: Help. (laughs)
1: Um, first thing I wanna say just before we like get into the meat of it, is that like you don't need to feel like a crazy person for having feelings. Oh my god,
0: that was my first (laughs) thing I wanted to say too. I like made a mental note of it. Like, you're not crazy.
1: (laughs) Uh feelings are things that we all have and that are healthy and great and like bring people together. So like you're not a crazy person for having feelings. Right. For this person this guy that you really like.
0: And do you want to talk about the the word chill?
1: Shout out to Heather. Um, My friend Heather actually just sent me this article a couple days ago. I'm just gonna pull it up quick. Um, It's called "Against Chill" and it's written by Elena Massey on uh, Medium.com. And basically, the whole article is about how we uh, overvalue being chill or being (laughs) cool, right? And in never (laughs) in a
0: day of my life.
1: (laughs) Um. And just the idea that that we want everyone to be like, sort of easygoing in every relationship, and uh, Elena does a or Alana does a really great job of just talking about how when we talk about chill, what we're talking about is like not being vulnerable
0: and not being emotionally present,
1: right, and being distant and keeping people away from us, which is exactly what you do not want in a relationship. So yeah. like, don't feel the need to be chill, no matter <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> what the patriarchy tells you. <laughs> I'm
0: still laughing at just like. The fact that I don't think anyone in my entire existence has ever described me as chill. <laughs> like, not even close. They're like, oh, Sierra, she's chill. <laughs> I can't even say it out loud. Yeah, well, that's Maybe because like, you chilly. are. Like, I'm cold. <laughs> she's complaining about it loudly somewhere.
1: No, it's because you are emotionally present oh, sure am, bitch,
0: right here up in the front row. My feelings are like the kid in the class that knows the answer that has to, like, prop their hand up on their other hand because they've been waving around for so long. And it's like, oh, pick
1: me. Oh, my God. flashbacks to me in third grade. (laughs) I know,
0: right? I do that in common conversations sometimes. I'm like, "Uh, call on me, teach. Anyway, um, B, Uh, this person is... Unfortunately, telling you exactly what you need to hear, you just might not be letting yourself hear it. I'm not going to say might not. You're
1: definitely not listening.
0: And we're saying that with a lot of love. Yes. And we're saying that with like... um A mimosa in hand for you.
1: Yep. Yep. We're sitting you down in our brunch booth.
0: Yeah. Come on. Come hang out with us on a brunch booth. But here's the thing. Just because he invited you out for that four-day weekend doesn't negate the fact that he keeps saying he doesn't want a relationship. Absolutely. People tell us exactly how they feel and what they want, and we don't listen to them because it's painful or because we're holding out for a different version of them. Absolutely. But I'm not saying this guy is garbage. He's not. He, he's I'm not, sure he's fine. And but honestly, unfortunately, he's unfortunately, telling you. He's, yeah. he's
1: saying exactly what he wants, which is that he doesn't want to be in a long-distance relationship.
0: Yeah.
1: Which I, is, sorry, th- that is really sort of tough lovey. But I think that um, Sierra and I have been in this situation so many times. And we have seen our friends and loved ones be yeah. in this situation so many times that sometimes it needs to be, like, just the slap across the face to say, like... Yeah. Snap out of it! He's telling you exactly. He is answering your question yeah, totally, clearly, and concisely. Totally, and you are saying like, but he also was like looking me in the eyes when he said it. So maybe that means that he wasn't telling. <laughs> did he <that>. wink? <laughs>
0: right. You know? Did he? Did he have his fingers crossed behind his back? Absolutely. And also, again, I feel like we're coming on a little strong or blunt, <laughs> but that's our job because um your friends might not be able to say this to you, and yep. he's sure as shit not going to say it. More clearly than he already is, yep. um, and we mostly want to prevent future hurt. Absolutely. We we want to prevent the pain that's going to come after six months of you going out to visit him once a month, or yep. you know, texting him every day, and him still saying, "I don't want a long distance relationship. I don't want this." Then you can say, "Here's here's here's what I say. You do. <laughs> you put a tell us
1: <laughs> what should she do Sierra? <laughs> Let me
0: lay it out for you. I think that you, uh, I think you pull back just a little." Mm-hmm. And if he questions that, you say, like, hey, I'm just trying to respect what you said about not wanting a long-distance relationship. Yep. And I'm trying to interact as though we are not
1: in a relationship. Absolutely. And you can say, you know, like, this has felt like it's been it's been really relationship for me. Yeah. And so I want us to be sure that we're at a space or at a place we're, where yeah. we're not actually in a long-distance relationship. And, and for me, this is what it's going to look like.
0: Right. Yeah. So it's okay to set those standards. Yep. It's okay to set those lines of yep. um, interaction. And so... The reason why I was, like, a little mischievous when I said, this is what I think you should do, (laughs) is because I do think that when you withhold, um, when you draw lines, when you show that you are capable of standing on your own, um, some people respond really positively to that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He'll be like, oh, my God, I miss you, girl. Like, maybe we (laughs) should date. But then you have to hold to it. Then you have to say, like, no, I don't want to fling. I don't want to be your your long-distance booty call, I want a relationship. And if you can't deliver it, then then your answer is, again, loud and clear.
1: For sure. And you have the right to ask for what you want and what you need. Um, (laughs) And also to stand up for yourself in that ask, too. So, like, don't just give him exactly what he wants all the time. Like, you are also a person in this relationship that has needs and desires that are clearly not going well met at this point. And so... Ask yourself, like, how are you protecting your own heart? How are you protecting yourself from this weird situation where he is.
0: Showing honestly, up in like, different ways. Yep.
1: But also being very clear. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you are right. You're right. He said um, the words.
1: Right. Uh, and and if this isn't what you want out of this relationship, then you have to figure out how you can get yourself out of it.
0: Yeah. I And I'm going to say the one thing that Sam always says, which is like, this could just be a good Like um, a thing that happened and doesn't become a bigger thing. Absolutely. You know, uh, it sounds like this guy is awesome. It sounds like you have great chemistry, um, that you're compatible, but ultimately you're not because you don't want the same thing.
1: Absolutely. So it's okay
0: that you have this person somewhere on the other side of the world or Mm -hmm. the country who is just cool you know and that you guys had a thing yep. and maybe it'll align one day down the line yep. but forcing it or expecting him to tell you something different when he's being really clear yep. it's just going to lead you to more pain and right. i think that's why we're being so blunt Absolutely. is like not that this couldn't happen but um he's unfortunately uh, what i'm afraid of sam is that he's giving her more mixed messages than she's written about yep. you know like inviting a girl out for 4 days and saying i don't want to long- this a long-distance relationship is a mixed message it Mm -hmm. is unless he says the words this is not building a relationship if we have sex this weekend it doesn't mean I want a relationship I would like a casual you know unless he's literally saying the words I want a casual um, I want a friends with benefits situation with you I don't know what do you does that make sense or or am I doing the same thing (laughs) and not listening to the exact fucking words that he's saying oh I'm guilty I'll put my head down (laughs)
1: I mean, maybe, I don't know, but it seems to me like he keeps saying the same thing over and over again, which is that he doesn't want a long distance relationship. And like, so he's like, I don't want a long distance relationship, but you can come out here and we can hang out and we can sleep together and we can have this, but I don't want it to be a relationship, which is like, that's not a mixed message. That is a message that is clear. I think where
0: it gets mixed is because of like love languages. So like if I, I believe in casual sex, um, I rarely have it because that's like a very, it's a love language to me. Mm. You know, yep. Not, not like love making. <laughs> Let me throw a. Let's
1: never one of the use parents' that word words? Again.
0: You don't make love to Peter. No. <laughs> do you make whoopee? <laughs> uh, anyway, <yes>. moving on. <laughs> he says, says yes, yes, I do. Um, uh it's more like if I was really interested in someone and they invited me out for four day weekend. And they said they didn't want a relationship. I would hold out hope. My heart would hold out hope. So, yep. so maybe this is me extending empathy to you. Absolutely. Um, be that like I would probably fall for this too. Yep. But what Sam and I are saying is the, <laughs> like the more evolved version of my brain and heart would say, this guy's telling me exactly what I need to hear.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's like that thing that you always talk about of of like we assume that they are are significant others who are treating us poorly are only giving like 40%. Right. right. And that
0: we're holding out for the 100%. Yeah.
1: He's he's telling you he's giving you 100%. This is what yeah. his 100% looks like. Yeah. So, so you th- need to make the decision about like whether that 100% is enough for you or not. I and think it-
0: that's exactly it, Sam. Is that we're not saying this relationship isn't worthwhile, B. We're not saying that you're a fool for trying for hoping for more, but what you need to ask yourself is that if it doesn't get better, is this enough?
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: All right, B. I think that wraps that up pretty, pretty neat and clean.
1: You can come for us on Twitter. <laughs> he might not give you an <laughs>
0: ultimatum, but we will. <laughs> Just kidding. All love. We love you, and we hope um, we hope it works out into your favor. AKA, maybe he changes your mind, his mind magically, even though he's telling you the exact opposite. Just trying to reiterate that point one more time. Or I hope that you're like, dang, you know what, Sam and Sierra, you're right. I deserve more. Absolutely. All right. We love you.
1: We love you. Thank you.
0: Last letter. This is Rose. They are writing to us from the void. Mm. And their pronouns are she, her. And she writes, okay, so I've been dating my partner, Andrew, for about a year and six months now. While our relationship has been full of support, growth, and good love, it has also led to one of the most painful and confusing heartbreaks of my life. And it isn't even over him. Enter my ex-girlfriend, Janelle. Janelle and I dated for about five months before mutually deciding to end our relationship due to distance. While we both understand the breakup was necessary, cutting off the romantic aspects of our relationship did hurt. Mm. Fortunately, we were able to remain friends and smoothly transition from a loving, romantic relationship to an even stronger one, more loving and more supportive friendship. By the time Andrew came into my life, Janelle and I had been split up for about seven months. I let Andrew know that she was my ex and being aware that friendships with exes always come off a little sketchy, I made it a point to be as transparent as possible about Janelle. Like, if she texted me while Andrew and I were together and I happened to have my phone out, I wouldn't hide my phone or move it out of his line of view because I didn't want him to think that I was hiding anything. If he did seem worried, I would reassure him that it was a simple friendship, and more importantly, I would make sure he was aware of my love for him and how much I cherish him as a partner." One night, he brought to my attention that he did not like the fact that Chanel and I would still tell each other, I love you. To this, I did not respond well. I quickly tried to hush away his feelings with reassurance and explanations that these I love yous were not romantic, but platonic. This exchange quickly turned into an argument. Me yelling about my right to experience love and support from my friends, and him responding with, an ex is an ex. It did not matter that I only loved her as a friend. To him, an ex was an ex, and they have no place in our current relationship." I didn't budge and I kept her in my life. All this went down about six months into our relationship. Fast forward six months later, our relationship was on the rocks because I pulled some shady shit by telling a few white lies. These white, these lies weren't related to Janelle in any way at all, but they did affect Andrew's trust in me. Hmm. One day I randomly get a text from him explaining how much he despises her place in my life. The text ends with an ultimatum. Either I cut ties with her or I lose him. Knowing that he didn't trust me and feeling that I had to prove myself through action, I cut ties with Janelle. It was and is, to this day, the hardest thing I've ever done. Romantic heartbreak sucks ass, but holy shit, our friendship breakups just as bad? I texted her, bawling my eyes out, letting her know that I would be blocking her number and her accounts on social media. That was this past spring, and my heart still aches intensely. Great things will happen in my life, and I'll cry because I can't tell her. She graduated from business school in June, and I couldn't congratulate her and let her know how fucking proud I am of her. Even writing this now, I'm crying, feeling like a goddamn coward. I'm not sure I made the right decision, but the love Andrew and I share often reassures me that I did. Other times, I'm swallowed whole by guilt. So, I guess my question for you all is, do exes have a place in a current relationship? I want her back in my life so badly, but I'm not sure she would forgive me or if there was even a way to make it work. Do You all think there's a way? And lastly, did I fuck up? Also, I just want to say I love this podcast and y'all are absolutely crushing it. Oh, oh thank Rose, you. Oh, this, Rose. This letter is also pretty emotional for me. And you mm-hmm. wrote it in a very genuine, um, powerful way. And I can feel how much you're hurting over this absolutely. and how conflicted you are. Because it's really obvious to us that you um, and your partner have uh, what you have told us is a very loving, successful relationship. Absolutely. Um, Sam and I are a little bit in disagreement (laughs) about uh, what to tell you.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say we're in disagreement. I think we're just struggling with what the right advice is. Yeah. And kind
0: of if we are going to come from it from the same point of view. Because, I mean, Sam believes
1: well i believe that he is he is telling you what he needs um and what his where his boundaries Mm -hmm. are um and it's clear you know whether or not i agree with the fact that he's jealous of this person in your life because i i don't agree with that yeah um he is giving you a clear message about what he wants out of the relationship where his boundaries are and and the way that the only way that he can be in this relationship in a way that's healthy for him because this is clearly causing him a high level of jealousy and anxiety whether or not that's a good thing um and so now it's up. so now those are out there so it's up to you to make a decision about whether or not you can be in relationship with him with these expectations and boundaries that he's set up
0: right and I think that's really valid. And at the same time, maybe because I'm just a generally defensive person and everybody who writes in like I want to, you know, help and protect or whatever. um, Part of me feels like exes are a part of life. Just Mm -hmm. like you write, Rose, like you were allowed to love other people and you're allowed to have those people in your life still. Yep. Um, And if your relationship was, um, I'm going to use the word innocent, but that feels like... I don't know. It just feels weird. Like, uh, if you weren't crossing any of the boundaries that you and Andrew set up, yep. um, then I don't know why it's not okay to love a friend, mm-hmm. even though romantic love once existed there. He might. I do empathize so with him because you broke up not because you were unhappy, but because of distance. Yep. So it might be really hard for him to carry around the fact that that like you might still be with her if you were in the same city or something yep, like that. Absolutely. Um but uh, but to me also trust is a two-way street. Um I understand that you might have broken some of his trust mm-hmm. or that he might have been uneasy about it in the first place, but he needs to do the work to say I want to trust you, Rose. I want to know that this person can be in your life or mm-hmm. that the white lies that you told me were for reasons outside of my control and I'm ready to move past them.
1: Yep. And I will say that I do think it's a little bit of an unreasonable ask. ultimatum, yeah. Yep. And I I'm uncomfortable with the fact that he did that and I if I were in this relationship it would make me think twice about whether or not this is the type of person that I would want to be with.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, there uh yeah, I think that's why I'm hesitant. Yep. I liked what you said, Sam, like that um, exes have a place in our current lives unless, um, it's at the cost of our current relationship. Right. I, like I relate to that. Like yep. I, d- I, d- I do believe that a certain prioritization needs to happen in order for a relationship to really foster, uh, to, to bloom, yep. you know? Um, but I'm not going to lie, Rose, it, it throws me a, a couple red
1: flags. Yep. And I think that's what we're coming up against in this letter is that it just feels it feels uncomfortable for us that he made this ultimatum and we talk about how ultimatums aren't necessarily a bad thing and that putting your expectations and boundaries up is good but this one to to us feels like he's asking for too much or he's asking for something that isn't isn't healthy or yeah. um good for either that's of you sustainable, at this point right you know? yeah absolutely to expect that you wouldn't be friends with this person that's clearly important to you yeah just makes it so that you don't have this friend that is incredibly important to you and also just builds up this level of resentment as well because he's forced you to choose between him and her
0: yeah so and i'm it, wondering yeah how does this this obviously hurts you still you yeah. said you were crying as you wrote this like can you like where does this pain exist in your love for him right you know and your happiness in your relationship you say things are going well but this still makes you cry at the drop of a hat you know
1: no. right right and that's not, a, that's not a healthy or happy place to be, to be in that situation where you are being sort of coerced into pain yes. that you don't want to inflict on yourself that you don't think is actually benefiting you yeah. in any way, right? Like it's different when you break up with someone because you know that they're not right for you yeah. and you can you're still sad about it, but you know that it was the right decision to make. Like this is something that was sort of forced on you. And the question is, is like, is the... Then, like, are the benefits of that decision good for you? Are yeah. they better than they would be otherwise? And I don't know that they are.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna ponder a couple more things that are <laughs> even more like vague and wandering. Um, the first is not that vague. It's just that um, friendships are as valuable as romantic relationships, Absolutely. and there it is possible trend- to transition from one to the other. And yes, um, I, I'm friends with some of my exes, and notice that I said some. <laughs> Um, and but that and now some of those relationships are really, really important to me. Um what if I just dropped the bombshell that you and I used to date <laughs> <or something?
1: laughs> To be clear, we did not. Nope, <laughs> That, nope, was, not, nope, that nope. was a false bombshell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought it would be funny. <laughs> I'm always trying to cause drama. <laughs> anyway, um the uh, one more thing that is like kind of um contradictory of what I've said everything so far is that right. um What is this pain made up of? Are you missing this person or do you feel bad about having to cut ties? Like, Mm, like, do you feel rude, you know? Um, And to me, I think you miss this person because you're thinking about her graduating. You want to tell her that you want to share her life with you. But are you feeling more? Are you are you feeling the absence of her or are you feeling the shame of having to do it? Like, it's Mm. embarrassing. Mm -hmm. What your boyfriend made you do is embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and that sucks like that. That shit will stay with you unless you unpack it. Um, and I will say the thing that is contradictory to what I've said before is that, um, some people, whether we love them or not, don't have a place in our life. Mm. Mm
1: -hmm. Meaning
0: there are people I love that I have an emotional attachment to that, I can't sustain a relationship with them because of the space I have in my life. Mm. Does that make sense? I think um, so. I'm being like a little vague because I don't want to get into it. But like there are people that I love that I could put energy into, but they're not my priority. Mm-hmm. And that is okay. Does yep. that make sense? Does that make me feel cold?
1: No. I or think sound cold? I think that, yeah, we only have
0: a certain Ooh, amount of time yes.
1: and space to be able to give to people in our lives. So I think it is, I mean...
0: It's reasonable. It's
1: reasonable. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it acknowledges the reality of
0: life. Of life. Yeah, it's kind of hard to um, talk about or like to articulate, but like I think because I've traveled a lot because of my poetry career, I, there are lots of people across the country that I love or that I've even had intimate relationships with that mm. like I can't... I have to prioritize the other ones. I have to pri- prioritize the people in front of me or the, mm-hmm. or honestly, the older I get, like I need to prioritize the people I have a future with mm. and like, not to be sentimental, but like I have a future with you and Peter, Aww. you know, like I want us to raise my babies together and um, you know, yeah. like I, I'm committed to you guys as a, as um part of my life yep. and I'm going to put energy into that relationship. Whereas like, I can't always get pulled into other directions and other relationships because they're not maybe as sustainable or yep. they're not like the long term relationship that I want in my life. Absolutely. Um, Rose, that might be a little confusing. And I'm not saying that this that Janelle doesn't have a place in your future. Like, it sounds like you guys had a really wonderful relationship. But I do I to the conversation pot. I also want to add yep. that it's hard to sustain all of the relationships that we want. And I see a lot of people, especially in the time of connectivity and uh social media that they feel bad about not being able to give a hundred percent to everyone. Yep. yep. And so so even if you had Janelle in your life, um what do you want to give her? What's mm-hmm. sustainable? Yep. Um for both your relationship and yourself and her life.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And so I guess the question or the, the advice that I have based off that is to ask yourself the question of who it's clear that you can't have both of these people in your life taking up space. So, like, who is the person that you want to prioritize at this point?
0: Um, and I'm also going to push back on that a little in terms of y'all are adults. <laughs> <laughs> and if done... Not correctly, because, like, you can do things correctly and people still won't show up for you. But, like, if everybody puts in the right work, you can all be in each other's lives. True. This can happen. Your boyfriend can recognize or, like, he may have the capacity to recognize that this is just a friend and a friendship that's important to you. Mm -hmm. And you can make space for the two of them to build trust together. Yep. But he might not have that capacity, and yep. what you need to figure out is what you're most comfortable with, you know. Uh, and sorry to disagree with you, or like to push on you.
1: You are you're you right. are allowed to disagree with me, Sarah.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Mostly for my own anxiety. <laughs> like if I disagree with Sam, I instantly think I'm wrong. <laughs> um, no, I
1: was I was definitely wrong on that one. So thank well, you for pushing back.
0: Yeah, no problem. Um, I think maybe what I want to end with is. Your last question, Rose, sweetheart, love of mine, is that you asked us if you fucked up. And I think Sam and I are both very confident in saying, like, no, you no. did the best that you could in that moment. You made the decision that you felt like was best for the people who loved you, yep. for yourself, for mm-hmm. your safety, for your wellness. Yep. Like, I have, I have been forced through ultimatums to make some really uncomfortable decisions. And that shit... It's not always autonomous, honey. Right. Like you were doing, you were responding to your love, your partner yep. of a of a year, saying, "I'm going to leave you unless I do this." Yep. And sometimes we act out of survival, mm. and that's okay.
1: Yep. And I will say, in relationship, you are constantly called upon to make decisions, um, and there is never a right or wrong decision. Right. Yes. Each has its own benefits, each has its own consequences. And so holding ourselves to an expectation that we will always make the right decision is impossible. And so you made the you made the right decision in that moment with the tools and resources that you had available to you. And you also have the ability now to question that decision, to m- reverse that decision. Yep. Um you can you can you have the autonomy and the authority to make the decision in your life that feels good for you now.
0: Yep. Uh, I think that was perfect. Great. All right, Rose, we love you. We we see what a conflicted um, place you're in and, and the tension that sits in your heart. And we want to acknowledge it. And we want to send you some strength from across uh, the speakers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you are going to make the absolute right decision.
0: Yeah, we love you. We love you. All right, that wraps up episode 13. Unlucky
1: 13.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What's the origin of 13 being unlucky? I don't remember. I have no idea. Um, I think I looked it up at some point. Maybe somebody can tell us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) We can't Google for ourselves.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Help, help.
1: (laughs) Great, so... um. Every week we try and set you up with a blind date, which is something that we think that you are really going to like. So this week our blind date is?
0: It's actually an article that I read over the weekend that I really loved. It's a Washington Post article, um, and it's titled What Do We Owe Her Now? by Elizabeth Brunig. And um, the subtitle is 12 years ago, Amber Wyatt reported her rape. Few believed her. Her hometown turned against her. The authority failed her so what do we owe her now mm. um and i not only was this article incredibly topical mm-hmm. given our current um political happenings um it was also just incredibly well um written and well researched the author is a young a woman who went to school with this um young woman who reported her rape and then um where she was so ridiculed ridiculed um and shamed uh, by the town, the tiny town that she grew up in, um, that she ended up transferring high schools. And um, the author just thought of her the way we think of people that we've wronged, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. And she thought of her for years and finally um, did this really, really well-written, well-researched, um, almost poetic op-ed in the Washington Post. And I encourage everybody to look uh, look it up. I just found it really um, illuminating it was heartbreaking, obviously, uh, definitely a trigger warning to this, um, mm. but also um, really topical and, and and beautifully written. So that's going to be our blind date for the day.
1: Awesome. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Pod.
0: You can slide into our DMs, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can send us all questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com.
1: Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating and review. We've yep. got some shout-outs to give out.
0: Yeah, I want to say thank you to Rachel Gray, to John McCoy, or McHugh, uh, to Erica123, to Steering Wheel, which is a great <laughs> review name, except for they only give us four out of five stars because well, we, why, ramble. Are we why are we reading them? Why are we reading them? Because we're grateful. <laughs> we're grateful thank you thank you to megan elise 14 to end to mads fifty eight ninety three. all of your reviews mean a lot to us they help us keep the lights on
1: yes absolutely uh they help us keep the lights on and they help us reach more broken-hearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice
0: original music recording and editing by our friend big cats make sure to check out his podcast the what if podcast And remember, we often walk around in this world thinking about the what ifs, the unfulfilled, the it will be good when. But in this moment, I want you to recognize exactly what you have right now, exactly who you are right now. Because when we chase goodness or when we chase our worth, we reject our current selves and our current situations. And therefore, we disempower ourselves. So, repeat after me. I believe my worth. I believe in respecting my feelings. I recognize the reality of my surroundings. I believe what people tell me. I give myself permission. To be who I truly am and to want what I truly want. I know that all I have to give is all I have to give. And if all else fails.
1: Just break up.